You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Steady Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. And Dan. Dan. What it do, man? Noah Ma today. Ma's taking the night off. A little vacay. Got some things, some personal things to take mm-hmm. care of. But we vibing and kicking it. How you feeling, Dan? I'm feeling good, man. Was uh a nice relaxing weekend. Was able mm-hmm. to get out uh with some friends for a little while, was able to uh what else did I do? Sat by the pool for a bit, got some exercise in. Nice. Not too bad. Not too bad. What work, about you? Work on your tan? I did. I'm be nice and tan when I see you this weekend. That's what's up. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot, man. Uh, just a whole lot of work. I podcast with my man, Chris. You was on, I, I found out you was on um, Chris's show as well. I podcast mm-hmm. with Chris over the weekend. Um, just got on a couple of different podcasts and just was chilling. Spent some time with the family, worked out with my son. Not a whole lot. Would you would you and Chris talk about? Uh food, lifestyle, changes, um, just healthcare. Yeah. Diets. Yeah, we uh we got to chop it up. So if you if you're not familiar, it's the Zensational podcast. It's our buddy Chris Warren. Uh him and uh Paul Sammons and myself last week talked a little bit about recruiting and about getting a job and the do's and don'ts and, and some of the, I guess, just things that, that people don't know about the, the recruiting world and finding a new job. So go check it out. It's the Zen, Z-E-N, Sational Podcast. So look forward to hearing your episode probably the next couple of days, right? Next week. All right. Well, very good. And then this weekend, uh, I get to see you. We're going to hang out on Friday. Uh, we're going to go boating for a bit. Saturday, we're going to chop it up. Uh, but do you want to Pimp your vent up a, bit, uh, a little bit. Yeah, I'll pimp it up, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're gonna be hanging out at the center in St. Pete. Uh, that's the center, and we, we we're having a final four watch party uh, with some guys that's out there. Um, we're gonna have a live DJ, live live saxophonist, um, different bands and, and music. Uh, we got made coffee gonna be out there uh, uh, along with a couple dispensaries. Um, it's a it's a watch party. So if you're in the St. Pete area, pull up. Um, you can check my bio. You can search Big Three Roll Up on Eventbrite to find tickets for the event. Um, but yeah, we out there from three to twelve midnight, hanging out, kicking it. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be out there for a while. Um, it's gonna be a good event. I'm excited for it. The weather's gonna be perfect. Everything about it's gonna be perfect. I'm excited to see you guys, and then we'll have a little boat trip Friday. Um, I'm excited stay, about that, man. Stay safe on the seas, but uh, we'll be out there on Friday. Uh, looking forward to it. But if you're in the area. I want to hang out. Definitely come swing by the center on uh, on Saturday. Get to work on my tent. There it is. There it is. Uh, well, let's get into the show. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about for a random March. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. So I uh, shout out to our friends over at the Thomas Firm, which is going to help you handle insurance claims for your property damage to your home or business. Their lawyers have a ton of experience, so give them a call. Uh, with anything dealing with roof damage or link or uh, pardon me leaks from storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, sinkholes, fires. Anywhere in the state of Florida, give them a call, 813-221-2525. 
tntattorneys.com. Again, that's 813-221-2525. Silk on Wednesday is pro day for the Florida Gator seniors and juniors that declared early for the NFL draft. Who are you most looking forward to seeing? And then let's kind of go through everybody and see what they can do and can't do to try to improve their uh, their draft stock. So who are you most looking forward to out of the folks that are there uh, to perform on Wednesday? Um, yeah, a few guys we think of them. I'm just a, I think of Tess Crazy, Kadarius Tony, Grimes. But I'm interested to see what TJ Slayton do. Um, he's a big athletic guy. We've seen him do some some dunks and some 360 stuff here and there in the gym. So I want to see how he tests as a big man and see if he can move up the board. Uh, also, Brett Heggy. I want to see what our trenches, how they they measure up in the weight room and stuff with the, with the rest of these guys that are in the draft. Another guy that can move up is Sean Davis. I think he needs a good workout to 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 make sure to solidify himself as a draft pick as well. So I want to see how Sean Davis tests as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that uh, one of the people that I, obviously we know that that Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony are going to test really well. You know, Trayvon Grimes really we we've always said you know had a good year this year, but is a is a combine guy. He's a weight room guy. He's kind of he's athletically freaky. Where I think that he'll be able to to put up some numbers that I think will will catch some folks' eyes as a, as a sleeper pick. Uh, outside of the names that you said, I, I like all of those. I like the name Stone Forsyth as well. You know, he came on. You know, this year is a potential chance of making it. You know, in the NFL, not sure if he's going to get drafted or not. If he does, he's probably a you know a sixth, seventh round guy. Uh, but I'm excited to see where where he might be able to go uh, and what he might be able to do. I know that he's been working hard and you know had a had a good kind of underrated career uh, or season, pardon me, at that left tackle position, holding down uh, Kyle Trask. So so those are the folks, obviously. You know, Kadarius Tony's going to have a big day. Kyle Pitts is going to have a big day. You know, but there's a lot of folks uh, on here. Who so think, let's go. Go ahead. Real quick, real quick. Who do you think faster, uh, Sean Davis or Marco Wilson? Mm, I'm going to go Marco Wilson. What about you? Uh, that's a tough one. All right. I don't even know the answer to that. I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> it really is tough. Uh, well, Sean Davis. We'll see. Yeah, I feel like you have to, right? All right. Well, let's let's play the uh, the game real quick. Who do you think's faster, Kyrie Campbell or T.J. Slayton? Give me Slayton. Give me Campbell. And then I don't know if this is hundred percent fair, but we'll do it anyway. Stone Forsyth or Brett Hagee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me Hagee. <laughs> I'll go with Forsyth. Oh, very good. Uh, how, how fast do you think you think uh, Brad Stewart? Uh, over or under uh, four four, four four. I'm gonna go over. Actually, you know what? These are teams timing these uh, these kids. I'll go. Yeah, I'll go it's under. friendly. I'll give like a like a four one two. No, nah, I ain't gonna go nothing crazy <laughs> like kidding. that. I think, I think it'd be like. I think he's mid four four high uh, or low four five ish. Yeah, I think he's probably. A, I, I think he'll probably test high four four. Um, I think if it was the actual combine, he'd probably be a low four uh, five guy. So Kyle Pitts was clocked uh, going a four four six the other day. You think he can do that with scouts in the uh, in the crowd, or do you think that that was just kind of a a, a one time thing? Yeah, I think he's capable of running that that forty consistently. I think he can hit four four low four five for a guy that's six six. That's crazy, regardless. Um, but yeah, I think he can run a, a consistent high four four low low four five. 
Yeah, I see it. So let's go through everybody that's there, see what they can do. We don't have to obviously go in depth with everybody. Kyle Trask, what are you looking to see out of him? Uh, and what draft grade or round do you think that he goes in? It's just so tough, man. I don't, I can't, I'm not good with like predicting quarterback drafts at all because mm -hmm. you just never know what these scouts are looking for. Um, I think uh, the, the the difficult throws, uh, the 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 hash mark throws, is is what I think could, could move him up some boards. I think that's the question in his game is uh, lack of athleticism, probably a little bit, and then can he make the big throws, the, the NFL throws? So um, being able to hit those throws in the workouts, I think I think um, Cam just hit touch pass. I think he's elite at touch passes. I think that's what he's elite at. Um, he'll shine there. I think they they I think they, they want to see the things they think he can't do. Like they know he can do the touch passes, but I think scouts for him to move up the draft board, he need to do some things that scouts think he can't do, and that's to be able to make those difficult throws on the on the hashes. Yeah, Moving I actually around. I actually think that not having a combine might actually play in his favor. Um, you know, we saw in the a game against Oklahoma that when he was trying to, you know, complete passes to, to wide receivers he wasn't as familiar with. Um, he struggled a little bit more. Now, obviously, there's a lot of things that happened in that game. But, you know, we noticed during that game, you know, he struggled with hitting some of the the, the spots and the targets of – and it's not all on, on him either. But I think you put him with, with Pitts, Tony, and Grimes, his three, you know, biggest targets this season when he's out there, you know, working with those um, – Oh, pardon me, working in front of those scouts, I think that that's going to be about his best case scenario is that you can have rather than throwing him in with a, you know, a wide receiver from, you know, Illinois and a wide receiver from Arizona State, you know, instead right. of the combine like you normally would. I agree. Uh, Kadarius Tony, uh, obviously for him, you just want to see the speed, right? What else do you want to see from him? Yeah, just just hit hit four four. If he hit four three, he really gonna make some money. Um, yeah. I think that's what we all looking for. Can he can he get on the four four? And I think that's a little solidify him in the first round, in my opinion. So yeah. if somebody, some people got him in late first round, where do you think he goes? Uh, I think he's going to probably slip to the early second round. Um, I think unless he has a really good uh, combine and something just really stands out, um, I think that he's going right. to slip. You know, once you get past, you know, when you're talking about the difference between pick 22 and pick 42, all of those names are, are so jumbled. There's so many different people, you know, do I think he's worthy of being a first round draft pick? I, I don't know, but it only takes one team, right? It only takes one team to take a flyer on you. Mel Kuyper actually has him going number 22 overall. Uh, he also has Kyle uh, Pitts going number five uh, overall. I, I just, I don't know if I see Kadarius Tony as the, a hundred percent complete player to go draft in the first round. But you know, if you're filling think, a specific role on a team, then Hey, maybe I think, I think, I think he showed that he could run the route tree and he, and he done mm -hmm. a lot, a lot of things as, a, as like to show he's a pro wide receiver with hands. There's no questions about that anymore. I just think he, if he is four, three, um, it's his playmaking abilities. I think somebody's going to take a shot at him if he hits four, three. So I think yeah. if he get on the four four, I see him going first round. But he, he just gotta get under that. People love people love fast times, bro. Well, and yeah, it, especially highlights you're, you're, there, and especially when you compare him to people like Tyreek Hill and right. some of these other guys that everybody's jonesing for for wanting a player like. So, right. um, they, 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 what do you think about like? Because I've been um, and I've been seeing this smoke around about like his uh, 
uh, I seen like his rap, his, his music brought up as like off the field or some things that GMs may be concerned about. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, you know, last year he had the, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I buy it just because of the difference that he made over the course of the last year. Um, you know, I think for anybody that wants to be in music or, you know, is gifted in multiple things, I don't know any Kadarius Tony rap songs, right? So I'm not sure what his gift level is there, you know, but I think a lot of people, you know, try to figure out how to balance both, right? They have an artistic side, they have the athletic side. And I think throughout your life, it's going to ebb and flow. And I think it got to a point last year where, you know, he saw himself and saying, Hey, maybe there's a music career here, but you know, obviously the work that he put in last year, especially without an off season and everything else paid massive dividends. So, you know, is it a concern? Maybe, but you know, I think that if you saw what he did in, you know, one year and if he could stay committed to it, then, you know, what, what can you be in another year or another two years? I think people are just like looking for stories now more than anything. And I don't right. think it's, nobody's going to not draft him because of, you know, his, his rap career. Shout out to the young Joker, man. Have you listened to any of his music? Is it any good? Yeah, for sure. I follow. I follow. I follow along with his music. Um, it's it's different. I follow him and Brian Edwards have, have dropped some music. Um, Who would win in the verses? I don't know. Like we, we <laughs> who is it? A Brian Edwards and Joker? Uh, 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 I don't know who win in that verses, but yeah, I, I listen to some of his music. It's it's a it's a it's put. Acquired taste. <laughs> no, that genre was like more for like my kids. Like, like it's like uh, kind of like little, little Uzi Vert, like that genre lane. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely not my uh, my type of music. But you know, shout out, shout out to a young Joker. I think I think he's talented. I think he's a um, creative kid. Understands branding and marketing, the whole Joker thing. Um, he gets a lot of stuff. And that's what you're looking for, though, right? Is somebody to be able to market and brand themselves. So, absolutely. They also a little afraid of Antonio Antonio Brown effect, though. So, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's see who else. Uh, Trayvon Grimes. What What do you want to see out of out of Grimes? Four four forty. I don't think. I don't know. I think. I think he's just a mid rounder. He's four fifth round guy. I don't think unless he just goes to do something absolutely crazy. I don't think he could do a whole lot at this point. I think he had a good senior bowl. He just want he he want to go run a four four and jump and test well, but I think he's gonna go run a four four jump good, be a four fifth rounder. Okay, uh, Kyrie Campbell and T.J. Slayton. Um, man, I don't I don't. What do you think T, um, Slayton's draft stock is? He's just a big athletic guy. I think he could probably surprise some people. I don't know what his workout has been looked like or what type of shape he's in, but I think TJ could probably shock us and then um, some teams fall in love with how well he can move. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I don't see it. Um, I he If he can maybe put it together, if he's lost some – I don't want to say lost some weight, but if he's figured out how to move a little bit better, he has a lot of the skills. Right, He was a highly ranked guy. He showed flashes. I just don't mm-hmm. know if he has all of the the things to put together to be able to compete in a position where there's not a ton of depth on every team, right? There's maybe two of you on a team, right. and is TJ Slayton one of the best sixty-five-ish people that do does what he does? I don't uh, probably not. 
Um, do I think he'll get an opportunity? Yeah, I think if he gets drafted, he'll probably be a you know a fifth, sixth, seventh round guy, which is crazy because at one point people were slating him to be a first round draft pick going into this year, not really based on anything other than you know potential, and that's just kind of been his career. First round, first round is a bit much. Yeah, but I mean that's kind of been what we've always wanted out of TJ Slayton, right? Like when he committed to UF, it was, hey, this guy is a big name, but he's got potential, right? He's raw, but got potential. His entire career, a lot of a lot potential. of a lot of people thought he should have played offensive line. He played more offensive line in high school. That was more of his decision in the in the last staff, uh, right. letting him play defensive tackle. So it was always a bit of a project when he came on, uh, from the start, right. Uh, yeah. And then and on paper, like it all makes sense. Like you see the measurables, like he can do a lot of things that that guys his size shouldn't be able to do. But then it just don't translate to to film on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And then what about Sean Davis and Brad Stewart, both safeties uh, that are there? Uh, both had very up and down career. Sean Davis a little bit more reliable. Brad Stewart definitely a, a bigger hitter. Um, what are your thoughts? I think Sean gets drafted. I'm not sure about Brad Stewart. Brad Stewart needs a, a very good workout because uh, he has a lot of questionable off-the-field stuff as far as, like, suspensions and, and things of that nature. So he needs a really good workout. He don't have a lot of great film out there. Um, I think Sean Davis has kept his nose clean for the most part, um, been been available, and he has good film out there. Um, he just got to test good. He's an undersized guy. He had a good senior bowl as well. Um, but I think I think Sean could get drafted late. I don't I don't know. I think Brad Stewart's going to be a little iffy. What, you think Brad gets drafted? No, I don't think either one of them gets drafted. You don't think Sean gets drafted either? No, I think if he does, somebody takes a flyer on him, and maybe around six or around seven. But again, Damn. I don't think either one of them have great measurables for what you right. want out of that position. I don't think that either of them really have a ton uh, when it comes to highlight film like worthy things of doing the position well. Um, I think right. that they all have plays, but I don't think that there's any one particular thing that either one of them excel out that would make me want to draft him, either one of them over potentially somebody else, which is like sad, but here we are. I think that there's a chance. Who do you think has a better chance of making a roster, Sean Davis or Brad Stewart? I'm just gonna say Sean Davis. Just oh no, they don't test for weed in the NFL now, do they? Um, no, not anymore. Oh, okay. Uh, I like Brad then. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, I think I like Sean Davis a little bit more. We're just we're just on the other side of each other today. Um, let's see, Stone oh, For- <laughs> Yo, yo, uh, Stone Forsyth, uh, and Brett Hagee. Anything out of them? I mean, do you think either one of them gets drafted? I think Stone gets drafted. Um, I'm, I'm with you on, on, on both those guys, Brad Stewart and Sean Davis. It's gonna be they need incredible workouts to get drafted. They need they need to really spark something. But I think one guy has a shot. It'll be Sean. Um, I think Stone gets drafted. He's huge. Um, we'll see how he tests. But I think Stone gets drafted. I don't know about Brett Haggy. He has uh, health issues. Staying healthy is gonna be a concern. Anybody that's drafted him. Um, he doesn't have great film either. I think Stone had a very good year. I think he did too. I think he's very underrated career uh, or underrated season. Um, I think Brent Hagee, the, the biggest thing that could have, help Brett. Year. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that can help Brett Hagee is the amount of 
positions that he's played and right. his versatility there. But like you said, he absolutely has question marks about his health, and that's just not what you want after a guy that you know truly doesn't probably have a position like Brett Hagee. Um, is right. he a guard? Is he a center? He's definitely not a tackle. Um, you know, so I guess we'll see. And then last but not least, Marco Wilson and Evan McPherson. Evan was surprising that he left early like that, but he'll make a roster regardless. I just don't think he's a kicker, so I don't think he's going to get drafted. I was surprised that he left too simply because he didn't have a great season. But here we are. He's gone. Marco Wilson. I don't I don't know anything about kickers. I don't know what he's going to do at Pro Day. You know, they all get signed right kick. after they, they try to beat out the kicker that's been there for 30 years. He'll probably go head-to-head against Martin Gramatica, and we'll see where they end up. Kickers always get hurt, so it, it'll be all right. Whatever, he's a kicker. He's all you he always go back. I mean, <laughs> how many NFL he can always like, go salaries? be an accountant somewhere, right? Yeah, you always go pay for a year of school, go back, whatever. You have open arms, go live your life, kid. Um, Marco, I don't think, um, Marco probably tests decent. He's a workout kid. Uh, I'm pretty sure Chad have him in good shape, so I think he'll run a full four and jump, jump good enough to, to have a good pro day. But I just don't think he has the film and the resume to get drafted. Um, defensive backs are at a premium. It's a lot of good ones, though. Yeah, and they seem to be staying in the, the league a little bit longer. Um, I just don't think that Marco Wilson, despite sh- the shoe gate, despite everything else, I just don't think that he's very good. Right? I think that he had a fine you know, freshman year. Um, I know he got injured. He just never seemed like he was the same player after that. Um throw in his celebration stuff, throw in the shoe, throw in everything else. It's just, I I don't know. There's just a a whole heck of a lot of stuff that doesn't have me interested in Marco Wilson. Outside of Hendo, who's been developed well in the secondary? Um, Developed well in the secondary. I don't know. uh, Probably nobody. Right, I don't know if there's anybody. I mean, Kyer Elam's getting better. Obviously, came in. I mean, because because talents, talent. yeah, talents like him and Hendo are just like right. They're different, right? right? But it, I don't think that there's a ton of players that you expected to be much worse. I, I don't think there's any player that is surprised you with how much better they are. Right. I mean, are you surprised about by anybody like safety or cornerback? No, just looking at it on paper, like like we brought some four stars, some guys, some some recruiting guys, uh, some guys with some accolades indoors. But I'm like just looking at it on paper who who's been developed and brought, you know, what I'm saying to the NFL. You just got the because Elam's gonna be that next guy that that's the premium defensive back to come out of UF. But those are just you know like special talents. Him and Hendo, like it's not a whole lot of developing you got to do there. You just fine tuning things, letting them learn the defense and. Working more on their mental, they're gonna work out like crazy. And they already got, they already working with pros in high school. You know, like they deal with DB coaches that, that were NFL guys when they're in tenth grade. But some mm-hmm. of these other guys, they, they're just not getting developed. Um, Brad, I mean Brad Stewart was a was a highly recruited guy in the secondary. 
Um, we had a lot of hope and wishes for Sean Davis. These guys were, were was well sought out in the recruiting process. Yeah, no, I don't think that there's anybody like it, like you said that's particularly done substantially better than their rating. I think that there's a number that have done worse. I think that there's a number that had good ratings that probably weren't or should have been rated that high. Uh, you know, I have some some hope. Uh, about Rashard Torrance. I've got some hope about Trevez Johnson. I've got some hope, you know, with Car- Kamar Wilcoxon. Right. Um, you know, I hope. Well, we Jamie- got different guys. That's the thing. We we question the past development because we got fresh faces now in the secondary. So mm-hmm. those guys weren't going to develop. So, like, that, these new hires are, 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 new, are hires that we needed because that room, these guys are not getting drafted. When guys aren't getting drafted and the production is not there, you need a new face. And uh, we got fresh faces. We'll see what these new guys can do. So Florida had three 10-win seasons in a row. And outside of Kyle Trask, Kadarius Toney, Kyle Pitts, those three we know are going to get drafted. Trayvon Grimes is likely going to get drafted. Mm. Outside of that, Kyrie Campbell, Slayton, Davis, Stewart, Forsyth, Heggie, and Wilson. Maybe one of them gets drafted. Maybe. But you're coming off three 10-win seasons, and you're only putting three guys, maybe four. I don't know. No, I, think, I, think he, I think he, before, yeah, but. Yeah, I think they've done well putting guys in the NFL. I think this is just one of those years. Yeah. Like next year, they're going to they're gonna reel off quite a few. We got, we're going to have some talent flying out of here. And then they got the high draft picks as well. They, 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 they're on a roll of top 10 picks, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if Kyle Pitts does, then – and that's two uh, two years in a row that they get a top ten draft pick, which is again not something to to scoff at. And you know, Kyle Pitts, if he goes top five, I don't know when the last time Florida had a top five draft pick, early two thousands. That's a good question. I know we've never had a number one. Let's see. I know we've had a number two. What did Dante go, like six? Something like that? Dante went six, yeah. Paul Duhart in 1945 went number two overall. Well, let's see what we got here. I think so. Steve Spurrier got drafted number three overall. I didn't know he got drafted that high. Do you know that? Yeah, I knew that, bro. Things you learned. You knew Steve Spurrier went number three? Yeah. yeah. Bad Gator. Wes Chandler went number three. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Lomas Brown went number six in 85. Trace Armstrong went number 12. Yeah, Kevin Carter went number six. Ike Hilliard went number seven. I can go down the whole list, bro. Fred Taylor went number nine. Well, I'm just going, you know, giving people their shouts. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Jarvis Moss went 17. Derek Harvey went eight. I wonder what happened to Derek Harvey, man. Joe Hayden went number seven. And then, yeah, Dante Fowler went number three. Oh, Fowler went three. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Dax. I yep. How do they, they remember that? Yep. That's your team. They Sometimes. got. And then they got Taven Bryan in the the first round, just a a, a couple short years later. Hmm. Well, 
that's the NFL draft for you. We'll uh, we'll see where we are at in the next few uh, weeks. But end of the day, congratulations to those that are competing in the Pro Day on Wednesday. This next segment is brought to you by our friends over at Roof Soldier, which is a veteran-owned company that specializes in all aspects of residential and commercial roof replacement and repair. Give them a call, one eight seven seven roofs fl or RoofSoldier.com. Again, one eight seven seven roofs fl RoofSoldier.com. All over the state of Florida. Tell them State of Miguel sent you. Get a couple hundred dollars taken off. Enjoy your new and repaired roof. Uh, Corey Bell was hired, former Gators defensive back coach, former UCF defensive back coach. I think he was at USF too, right? Or did I make that up? At some point, uh, he was hired to be the assistant director of player personnel. He joins a staff of four, and he is going to take over one of the vacated spots uh, that was just open. So Florida has hired two new uh, player personnel folks to their team. Do you like the hire? Are you indifferent about the hire? Uh, Corey Bez is a familiar name. Uh, of course, he has a lot of South Florida ties. He's definitely going to help us in the recruiting department. It's a great hire. On paper, like, I don't want to sell it short at all. But one of the it, we're just familiar with the name, so you'll see a lot of people get more hype about one name than the other just because of right. familiarity. Uh, him being familiar with the whole big three, uh, he's coached here before as well, so we know what he could do recruiting wise, and he has a reputation in South Florida. Real good hire. I wanted him as the DB coach, and they went and got him as an off the field guy. You know, when we hired Jules, I was like, man, why don't we just get Corey Bell? But I guess Dan had a different plan. Um, good hire. Yeah, I'm here for it. Um, I like the hire. Uh, you know, you can't really go wrong. He's a guy that has a bunch of connections, a bunch of relationships. Uh, we'll hopefully just add a, a little bit more uh, competency to that room and continue to get better. I mean, these South, are Florida, the South Florida recruitment should be very strong with him, John, um, Brew, all those guys hanging out in South Florida. It should be it should be very easy for us to do what we want to do down there a little bit. I don't think we'll be able to take what we want from Bama, but we should be able to compete with Miami, especially with being able to get visits and whatnot. Yeah. And I mean, these are the types of hires that you want. Um, you know, these are the types of hires that, you know, Alabama gets, uh, you know, your former coaches, right? Maybe not Alabama, maybe like uh, Georgia, right. Your former coaches that, you know, go off the field. Um, you know, he's a guy that's well-respected. He's a good coach. He's, you know, thought of highly by kids that, you know, met him when they were being recruited, whether they came to Florida or not. So getting a guy like him is is definitely a, a good value add. I don't know how he compares to the rest of people that applied, but uh, I'm excited to see Corey Bell. He's a, he was a good ambassador when he was here. I'm excited to see him join the uh, join the team uh, in an official capacity again. I keep saying every time he rehired, he, he upgrades. <laughs> yeah. You know, David Cooper, relatively unknown guy. Uh, this is who Corey Bell is going to take the spot of. But from a recruiting perspective, it's hard to argue that uh, that he's not a, a phenomenal recruiter. There'll be a, a good good value add uh, to this team. So I don't know if you heard this, and I'm throwing it on your plate kind of last second here. There's a safety from West Virginia named Tyke Smith, or Tyke Smith. I think it's Tyke Smith, um, that uh, was that put himself in the portal a few days ago. Uh, and Florida is in communication with him, a former four-star guy uh, that Florida is in a um, has reached out to and is in discussion with. I know that he has talked to Notre Dame. I know that he has talked to uh, Auburn. 
uh, I'm trying to think of where else um, I heard that he's talked to, but uh, I think Georgia was mentioned, right? Yeah, you're right. CBS ranked him as the number two safety prospect in the portal. Uh, would have four more years uh, to play simply because last year didn't count. Uh, but uh, but Tyke Smith definitely a name that you want to to take a look out uh, for. And I think I think a body that we need to land in our secondary. I think we got a lot of little iffy spots. I'm hearing good things from Marshall and Carrier and those guys in the secondary. But um, this is where we both start recruiting at in other spots. So um, yep. add some to the DB room. I wouldn't mind that get. No, I, I, I think that Florida really needs that take. Um, right. You know, he, he would elevate a room that you have question marks in, right? And that's and that's what you're using the portal for is to elevate question marks and not just to just get the best player on the on the market. You know, Florida has unbelievable numbers of questions. We've talked about it kind of ad nauseum on this show at the safety room uh, and at the DB room. And I'm sorry, he only has three years left. He um, He's played two seasons. Uh, but in those two seasons, he has 69 solo tackles, 42 assists, tackles, and a half of four interceptions, uh, a touchdown for nine uh, pass deflections, and a forced fumble. So, you know, a guy that's come in with some proven, you know, ability, I think that he's talented. You know, he's watching a little bit of tape on – him earlier talented fast kid rangy kid has pretty good size uh but for all intents and purposes i think that makes that room better uh just simply because i think he's more talented than some of the folks that have been there or at least he's done it more than than some of the other guys have let's see here so let's talk a little recruiting um before we get our friend Eric Fawcett to close out the Gator football season or basketball season. Oscar Delp, a four-star tight end out of Georgia, will be visiting on June 11th. A lot of the crystal balls have him pointed to going to the University of Georgia, uh, but he will be visiting. Let's see, Alu Ba, who is a for the, who's the 44th ranked um, player in the country, IMG, uh, four-star uh, offensive tackle, uh, put Florida in his top six. Also, it seems like the weekend of June 4th. Big fireworks. A lot of smoke. Big fireworks. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts that you have or knowledge that you have there? Uh, just some of the names. Uh, four-star cornerback Earl Little Jr. Yeah. Uh, He'll be in the building. Um, weak side defensive end, five-star, Inai White, Inai mm-hmm. White. I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce that. Um, Jaden Gibson, um, three-star mm-hmm. wide receiver, um, well-sought-out guy. I think his his recruitment is going to blow up. Um, who else we got coming in? Uh, Tyler Booker, four-star offensive tackle. Uh, right. He's announced that he'll be there as well. Uh, Terrence Gibbs, a running back who also we received the crystal ball from uh, Blake Atherman. Uh, our running back room is, is the board is looking pretty spiffy. I think yep. Greg Knox is doing a good job quietly. Um, they're running back solid on campus, and everything's everything. He caught a lot of heat for a little bit, but uh, I think the smoke is in another room, not his room. Absolutely, uh, uh, five star athlete Gentry Williams, right? Is going to be is going to be on an official visit that weekend. Yeah. So it should be a load of weekend. We'll we'll keep up. Um, I don't know if they got an official name for it. If it's Friday Night Lights or what's the whole vibe of it, I would, I would like to get some intel from the staff on 
on what's the plans for that weekend. But it, they're low enough for a big one. Um, pause. What's up, man? The visit, the visits are back. Yeah, pause. The visits yeah, are back because the dead period is supposed to end at the end of May. Is that what is right. being voted on? June fourth, June eleventh. A lot of things happening. So we will still get a facts only show out in the next few weeks uh, to discuss recruiting with our boy Connor Clark. But with that being said, Silk, let's get our boy Eric Fawcett on the line, breakdown Gators basketball one final time for this season. As always, this portion Excited. of our show, I know you're pumped. Uh, this portion of our show is brought to you by our friend Lee Friedland from the law firm of Friedland and Associates. Give him a call, 1-800-95-INJURED or visit him at yourfightourbattle.com. Again, that's 1-800-95-INJURED, yourfightourbattle.com. Auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases within every jurisdiction in the state of Florida. Put his number in your phone now. You never know when you might need it. Free consultation. Talk to him. Learn about what your options are. Again, auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases. Yourfightourbattle.com, 1-800-95-INJURED. Let's get our friend from the Great White North on the line. Is that what they call Canada, the Great White North? Eric, buddy. The Great White North. Is that what they call Canada or is that just an American thing? I think Canadians like it. Anytime you can get uh, get great in there, uh, they, they like it. But it's uh, it's definitely north and it's, uh, yeah, definitely uh, pretty white here uh, during the winter. So, yeah, they definitely will hear well, Great White, white North overall, around. But like, uh, some, some parts of it, some parts of it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Eric, uh, if, I, if I was a betting man, I would have won, won some money because they all bet that you was going to wear your Stadium and Gale shirt, man. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Uh, while the end of the uh, uh, the season was pretty rough, uh, I would say for the Gators, the the way that they lost, I I still love the team. Thought I'd throw the uh, throw the jersey oh, on for, for once, and, and uh, you know I got the got the number one for for my guy Trey Mann, and uh, looking forward to to him going on to a good pro career. So I got his uh, his number one on for for now. So uh, no no disrespect to the uh, to the logo here on the show, but I would normally have the Stadium and Gale T on, but but today I got the jersey. Oh, that's all good. We'll we'll allow it. All right, Eric. Talk to us about what happened. Gators are up 12 with nine minutes left, give or take. I might have that that number reversed. Regardless, the Gators are up pretty big with not much time left in the game. Uh, big collapse. What, what happened uh, against Oral Roberts? Uh, I'll point to two things. Um, the second of which I'll, I'll I'll get to. It's one of my one of my favorite topics that uh, that you know people on the show love. But uh, the, the first thing is uh, something that we've seen from from Mike White, and that's slowing the ball down. Uh, the Gators had kind of gotten their lead by kind of pushing it, getting some early offense, using drag ball screens or early ball screens before Oral Roberts could really set up their health defense. Uh, that's how Florida kind of got their buckets. But um, which Mike White said that he did this because he thought that his guys were tired and he thought that they were turning the ball over because they were playing fast. And that's why they started to slow things down. 
that answer does not satisfy me personally. I don't think it was the right decision. But at that point, Florida started to really slow things down and use the entire shot clock. And in doing that, what they really did was make it very easy for Oral Roberts to defend them because Florida was dribbling the ball for 15 to 18 seconds, and then they would start their offense. So there was plays that they were running where Oral Roberts only needed to defend one action. So Florida would dribble the ball down, then they would try to run a post up for Colin Castleton. They would front it, and then suddenly it's like, oh, that's um, you know, we made them we you know, quote unquote, work for for 20 seconds. But really, all they had to do is try to front one post up. Uh, you know, ball gets reversed to someone like Noah Locke, not a great one on one player, and possessions were dying like that. So that happened a, a number of times, and uh, that's kind of one of the big reasons why slowing it down didn't work for the Gators. And then uh, the other thing that I pointed out on Twitter uh, definitely got people pretty fired up um, the night of after the loss was uh, Florida starting group that uh, is their regular starting group game to game. They played really well in this one. They were they were plus nine, easily Florida's best lineup by a large margin, uh, but they didn't play for the last nine and a half minutes of the game. And instead, uh, they went to a lineup that had not played whatsoever in that game up until that point, and also one that hadn't done very well up at that point of the season. So Florida went from a lineup that was doing really well, the one that's that built them that lead. They went to a lineup that hadn't played at all whatsoever that game and uh, hadn't been that great on the season, and uh, they started to slip. So uh, again, just some of the the regular kind of warts that we saw from this team uh, struggling when they slow things down, struggling to score in the half court and uh, playing some lineups that straight up are, are kind of indefensible in, in my, in my opinion. So uh, definitely a few areas like that. And you, you play a team that's full of talent and, and uh, playing their best basketball, like Oral Roberts and you lose. What, where do the Gators go from here? So we haven't really talked much about it. We'll obviously talk a little bit more about the game, but the Gators announce or Trey Mann announces that he's going to the draft, going to sign an agent. He's going to likely go in the first round. Colin Castleton announces today that he's not signing an agent, but it is going to explore the opportunity. I would imagine that Florida expects him back, you know, but with that, Noah Locke announces that he's leaving. Quez Glover announces that he's leaving. Um, where does Florida go from here? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's transfer portal season. We know that uh, there's about 1,200 players in the portal right now, uh, approaching one third of all college basketball players. So there's tons of talent out there. Florida has been on Zoom calls today, uh, one of which with uh, with a power forward named CJ Felder that I, I'm a big fan of. That I think they're going to be down kind of in the mix to uh, up until the end. But uh, you know what? Like they're they're going to have a whole lot of spots available, and there's a whole lot of talent out there. So it's kind of tough to talk what their roster is exactly going to look like. And even what their starting lineup is going to look like just because if they go and hit a home run in the transfer portal, uh, they could look awesome. And if they don't get a bunch of impact guys and you're looking at maybe Tyree Appleby being your best returning player, your best scorer, or even Colin Castleton, you know, I really do like those players, but I'm not sure they're the best player on a team that's going to be near the top of the SEC. Um, the, the one, they only have one incoming recruit from high school. Um, he's a five star. His name's Kwesi Reeves Jr. I absolutely love him. I think you guys are probably going to need to have him on your show at some point because he's an awesome, awesome young man and just a fantastic basketball player. And, and really, in a lot of ways, what Florida has just been desperately needing these last couple of years. Uh, six foot seven, super bouncy, uh, incredible shot maker, uh, just one of the best shooters in the draft and just uh, so talented offensively. And then he's also uh, also six foot seven with huge bounce and, and, and super athletic. So they have an absolute stud coming in. They're, they're one recruit in the 2021 class. Um, other than that, it's, it's going to be a whole lot of portal action. 
So who else is Florida going after in the portal besides Felder? Um, right now, they just offered a player today who I think is fantastic, uh, Stanley Amudi from South Dakota. Uh, they, I, they've actually offered a couple of players, Brandon McKissick, again, from the Summit League, which is uh, the league that Oral Roberts comes from. So I think that they saw uh, – like, like one thing that's really interesting about Oral Roberts is they weren't even an awesome team in the Summit League. They lost a bunch of games in the Summit League. So uh, in seeing Florida and a bunch of these other teams – uh, a bunch of them have offered all these players from the, from the Summit League. So I think they realized that they're like, oh, this this is actually pretty good. So so Stanley Moody's one of them. Uh, just six foot six, really talented wing, can fill it up, can rebound. He plays a lot like Keontae Johnson. And if they're looking for some someone to maybe replace him, we we don't know what Keontae Johnson's situation is. But uh, whether they replace him or just want someone in that mold, he's fantastic. Uh, Brandon McKissick um, from uh, University of Missouri at Kansas City. Uh, he a lot of people think he's going to go to Kansas, which maybe speaks to the, the talent of, of a player like that uh, or maybe he stays in, in or go, goes home to Missouri uh, goes and plays for the Tigers uh, but he was an all defensive player uh, in, in that league and also a fantastic scorer and, and you know what the Gators my, Mike White came into the Gators as someone with a, a defense first kind of mindset that's what he's known for and the Gators haven't been awesome defensively this last couple of years so uh, they're really looking to upgrade there so so those are definitely uh, definitely some of the names to watch for Are any of those guys going to help him become the great white South? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say no. And that's, that's one thing too. Like, uh, I think people just overrate transfers all the time. Like if you look at recent history of transfers, people get so, so, so excited for all these players, whether it's uh, just for an example, someone like a Carrie Blackshear, who was a, you know, a great player at Virginia tech, but uh, you know, he transfers and suddenly it's like, Oh, here's, here's, here's a guy we think could be an all American. Well, it's like, you know, from from his fourth year to his fifth year of college basketball, were, were you really expecting that big of a leap? Or was he kind of was what he was at that point? And then you also see you always look at these, you know, these mid-major players that score 20 a game and, and you think like, oh, that's exciting. They're, they're going to come and and fill it up at the high major level. And we've just seen like we have the data. We can look at how these players have done and you see that they uh, they just usually aren't awesome high major basketball players. A lot of them are good players, but not great. So uh, th that's even something I did before the last season, trying to predict the stats of Anthony DeRuji and, and Tyree Appleby. And luckily my predictions were, were pretty close. And uh, those predictions kind of showed that, yeah, that uh, Tyree Appleby, who was a 17 or 18 point score in the Horizon League, was probably going to be an 11 point score in the SEC. And, and right. you know, that's great. That's good. But I think a lot of people are looking at some of these, you know, looking at the transfer portal like uh, uh, like it's going to be you're, you're going to get a star, you're going to get a leader. And that is just likely not the case yes a couple of players do emerge uh carly jones at louisville was one who was just awesome this year but uh but more than likely you're you're kind of you know filling out your fourth and fifth starter roles or your sixth man role uh and, and i think that that's how you kind of got to look at it from a florida standpoint like sure maybe they they land someone who ends up being their their first or second best player or, or someone who's awesome but they're probably finding someone who's their fourth or fifth starter and their their sixth man and uh i think that that's just something that uh have to be realized with expectations because yeah florida's almost certainly going to land two or three or maybe even four guys through the transfer portal and i'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that say oh look they scored 18 points in uh conference usa they're gonna they're gonna be this awesome play in the sec and it's like well probably not that probably means they're like a seven or eight point guy which is good but uh maybe doesn't move the needle as much as some people think is uh my white seat comfortable 
Um, my interpretation, <laughs> my interpretation, um, probing is that his seat is not anywhere near as warm as a lot of people would expect, or maybe even like to see. I, I do think he's in a fairly comfortable seat right now. I think the administration loves the fact that he does things clean, that he's not tied up in the FBI probe that has uh, plagued so many people. And uh, I think that they uh, they truly believe that he can he can build something in Gainesville. So I know that is not going to be the answer that a lot of people maybe w- expected or wanted to hear. Uh, but I think that I Mike White's job is, is comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it don't seem like his seat's hot. I agree with you. It don't seem like he's on the pro. Like Dan's seat seems a little higher than his, and I think Dan is doing more. Of course, football is different, but um, like you would think his seat would be a little hotter. But yeah, he, he seems comfortable. Yeah, I mean, right now, I think that Mike White has also shown that uh, his his floor is pretty high. Uh, I mean, for as much as things have been a little rough the last couple of years, they've still made the NCAA tournament. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think, I guess you you argue uh, the, the next question is like, well, you know, what's what's Florida looking to be? Is it is are they looking to be a, a high floor, low ceiling program, or are they looking to to hang banners? Uh, so that's going to be something that that probably gets addressed. I do think if there's think- a rough year next year, oh yeah, go on, go on, Silk. I think style of play matters, not just like a uh, type of program. I think the style of play is 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 annoying some of the fans as well. Like we understand, okay, Mike White is this young guy that could maybe build a program. If the style of play was a little bit more exciting and the scoring is a little bit more consistent, but the, the scoring drops, the sitting on twelve point leads, like that type of basketball, just isn't championship style basketball. Good yeah, great I coaches hear- don't play like that. I hear you. That's something that 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 for me that the context matters so much. Like for so many people, if Florida did make a Sweet Sixteen, they might change their opinion at least in a little bit of Mike White. And it's like, well, does does skating by Oral Roberts? Like like right. let's say they just you know hit a miracle shot at the buzzer and uh, got a steal and, and and laid it in and win the game. Does does blowing a lead in the round of thirty two and just you know barely coming out on the right side of it? Does 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 that really change your opinion based on that last shot of the game? I mean, for some it does. For me, the context really matters. And um, and again, that's something that uh, for, for me, I, I mean, Florida's offense, their their numbers are are better than the eye test, in my opinion. I, I really do think that the Gators struggle offensively, and I think that that is Mike White's biggest deficiency as as a head basketball coach. I, I think he struggles um, to drop offense. I, I don't think he is uh, he doesn't run very diverse offense, and I don't think he has gotten the best out of his talent. Uh, he just had an assistant, Jordan Mincy, who's been with him ever since Louisiana Tech. He just took the head job at, at Jacksonville, uh, which shout out to him. Love Jordan Mincy. Really glad he got this opportunity. But this is a huge, huge, huge opportunity for Mike White to hire someone who can really help him out on the offensive end. I, I truly talk think he that. needs talk an offensive about, Speak on Mincy's, uh, what, 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 what did he bring to the table? What are we losing with Mincy leaving? That was a, a departure this week. Yeah, but so Jordan Mincy, uh, he was technically the lead assistant. Um, he was one of the big player development guys, particularly for the guards. Um, I think you see that, uh, you know, Trey Mann, and uh, he just had a really awesome season, of course, when uh, with the way that uh, with the Chris Chioza, how his season went uh, under the Gators in his last couple of years. And, and even Andrew Nemhard, who did have a really productive year or two years in, in Florida before moving on. Uh, Florida's guards, they've gotten pretty good player to that position. Jordan Mincy's been that guy. Uh, Jordan Mincy also... Uh, I mean, you see him as the lead recruiter on a lot of the big recruits that uh, that Florida has got. 
So uh, I think that you you probably think, yeah, you're, you're losing something recruiting. I think when you've got a young, energetic coach like him, he's got to really stand out versus a bunch of the, uh, uh, you know, the older assistants in, in the SEC. Uh, so I think something's going to be missed there. And um, there, there's been a couple uh, a couple of years now where Jordan Mincy's name is, has came up in some, some mid-major discussions. Um, to be quite honest with you, I thought he was going to end up with a, a better head coaching job than, than Jacksonville, with all due respect to that program. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him and uh, Florida's uh, really needs to really needs to nail this hire here. Eric, I want to ask you a question because um, you, you mentioned it and I started to think of all of the people that have transferred to Florida and a lot of the talent that's come in. Uh, one of the things that we've, we've been talking about is, is player development. I, I was thinking also of a lot of the transfers that have come in, you know, your, your Jalen Hudson, your Kerry Blackshear, uh, Anthony DeRuji, um, Appleby, not putting any of these guys down, but it seemed like on on paper, Florida was getting a lot more talented, you know, paper or, you know, uh, players. And then you throw in a, um, you know, a couple five stars, a couple highly ranked four stars. And, and I don't want to name them by names, but have just not been able to, to develop. Uh, outside of Trey Mann, it just seems like development is really lacked in Gainesville. What, what do you think the reason is? Is it a, is it a coaching thing? Is it a system thing? Is it just really hard and Florida got spoiled for a while? But what are your well, thoughts? Yeah, I, I do have thoughts. You know, to be honest, I, I think in basketball, the role that coaching plays in development is, is often overstated, in my opinion. With the way that they play, you know, two games a week, with their travel, with the amount of hours they're allowed by the NCAA in the gym – there's just so little opportunity for players in the season to really have opportunities to go, you know, one-on-one -on -one with a coach or in small groupings with a coach and, and have him work through development. So uh, the amount of player development that really take or skill development, I should say that really takes place during the season is probably much, much less than, than people would expect. And that's not just Florida. That's, that's everywhere. Uh, so I, I think a lot of it has to do with like, are these players disciplined enough to, to do things on their own time to come in after hours to put in the work in the off season. And, you know, again, without saying names, some of the players that are no longer on campus, uh, they were known as guys that did not put in that time. Uh, and you kind of saw that they didn't develop. Mm -hmm. I, I will say something that's, that's pretty apparent. I would say is that Florida's had some good success with centers and they've had good success with point guards. Mm -hmm. It's been a lot of their wing players that have not, uh, developed particularly well. And I think that you can look at the way that Florida plays offensively and you can see the fact that they don't really utilize their wings very much, that they just love to play more pick and roll than just about anyone in the country. Well, that's almost always your center going up and setting a screen for your point guard. So Florida plays a whole lot through their centers and a whole bunch through their point guards, and they don't run a lot for their for their wings. They didn't run Noah Locke off a lot of screens and get him the three-point shots you'd probably like to see from someone who is mm. that good of a shooter. Um, you don't see them running off curls and, and uh, getting that advantage for a guy like Scotty Lewis, who who uh, is right. so explosive, but not a, not a great ball handler. So yeah, get him off a curl, get him going downhill towards the hoop where he can use that athleticism. Florida hasn't done a lot of that. And, and that is something where I do think that Florida's very limited offensive system that is a lot of just ball screening, um, straight ahead, high ball screen. Uh, I think it's good for their point guards. I think it's good for their centers. But I do think that that style of play is part of the reason that a lot of these wings haven't panned out in the way that uh, a lot of people would have expected. Silk, anything else? No, nah, man. He just, you know, seat's comfortable. That ruined my evening. Life was okay until then, but seat's comfortable. 
<laughs> I just want to enjoy basketball again. Like I, I want Mike White to do well. Like I was, I was cheering for my son. Two of my sons in Chicago, and um, I got caught up in it in the in the hype. You know, on um, the Virginia Tech game, my son lulled me into cheering, and then the next game to go out like that. It was just like I want us to win. Like no, no fan wants us to lose. This is not fun basketball right now, man. Like it was fun watching Billy and them guys. Even the, the, the bad seasons, they ran, man. Like it was, it was, it was fun to watch. Um, it's just not fun to watch right now. Trey Man was fun to watch. I'll give you that. It was fun to watch. A little Castleton too. Spell like we underachieved. Yeah, I mean, I, I do really like that you point out. Yeah, I really do like uh, that you point out that that style of play really does really does matter. Yeah, I, I yeah I like that you point out that that style really does matter, and um, that you want to see um, uh, the the players having fun. You want to see them playing with intensity, and uh, that that's that's that how especially you know it's something I asked you before last season still because just like um, how do you how do you get the uh, the casual fan who's maybe you know football first, second, and third? How do you get them to care about Florida basketball? Well, one, it's it's beat your rivals, which is something you said, and then it's also have a style of play that they can connect to, and uh, those things both really do matter. And I think again the fact that that Florida has not got been able to get the most out of a lot of these, you know, really highly rated players that, that, that come in. Uh, a lot of that comes down to, to style of play. And again, I just, I, I think that Florida's when they go to hire someone to, to replace the Jordan Mincy spot, um, I, I really think they've got to be thinking who can coach offense first, second, and third. And I think something that Mike White needs to be able to do is to really give the reins to an offensive coordinator and, just understand this is, uh, you know, as a coach, I'm not great at this. I can find someone who's better than this. Let me focus on what I do well, and that's, you know, defense. Uh, and, and let's go from there. So, uh, yeah, I, I really think a lot hinges on this hire, which you don't always hear with assistant coaching searches in basketball, but I think that's the case here at Florida. Any names? Um, no, there's, there's one guy that has been, uh, floated around, um, can't say his name for sure, but he's a West coast guy of, uh, uh, currently at a school that runs really good offense that I'm a fan of. So if that's the case, I would, uh, I'd really like that, but a little early in the season, um, the way the contracts work in basketball, uh, we'll see once, uh, the NCAA tournament officially finishes and, and we'll go from there. But, uh, uh, yeah, there's the, Definitely, I'll be I'll be looking at uh, some guys that uh, that I think the Florida should be looking at, and and, and hopefully float those out there. Eric uh, Colin Castleton announced that he's not signing with an agent, but is um, looking at the NFL draft. Is there a potential chance that he goes? What is his draft potential, or do you think he makes it back to Florida? I think he makes it back to Florida. I uh, really like Colin Castleton as a player, but man, it's a it's a tough scene out there for for big men trying to get drafted, trying to get spots in the NBA. There's just so few of them. Uh, so few spots for those kinds of guys. And uh, yeah, I think for, for Castleton, um, he's going to need to bulk up a little bit more. He's going to have to stretch out his, his, his touch as an offensive player. Um, I, I think he'll get a, you know, get an opportunity with a, the G League team whenever he chooses to be done college. Um, but uh, hey, this is, uh, this is why the rules there, get him out there. Uh, to talk to some teams and, and see what they feel. And, and maybe he comes back, you know, really hungry to, to have one more really good year before he, he, he maybe goes pro. I mean, it really worked for Trey Mann. Uh, that's what he did last summer. I uh, got to talk to some teams, uh, hear what they wanted him to work on. And he worked on those things and now he's going to be a first round pick. So happy that Colin Castleton is utilizing the, uh, the rules. And uh, I, but I do think he'll be back at Florida. What, where is Trey Mann likely going to get drafted? 
I think he's kind of all over the place, but. Yeah, I mean, if you look historically at who the most accurate uh, mock draft is, uh, it's the ESPN one, the Draft Express guys at ESPN by a long shot. They're awesome. And they have Treyman 15th, which is pretty much the highest that uh, uh, you'll see pretty much anywhere. So I think that that's pretty interesting. But uh, man, everyone's looking for guys who can make shots off the dribble. And man, we just saw that from Treyman over and over and over again. Uh, he's just got uh, that, that ability to, to get in and out of dribble moves so quickly, to rise up and hit shots off the move. Uh, it's exactly what the NBA is looking for. So uh, I think he's going to be a first round pick for sure. I, I would I would have him uh, more like, you know, maybe early 20s. But uh, the fact that ESPN right now has him 15th, uh, that's got to say something because those guys are super well sourced and very well at what they do. So there's some, there's got to be some teams that are looking at taking them that high perfect and then uh we're in the elite eight right now games are starting now or ish uh who do you have winning the uh, ncaa tournament i have baylor i love baylor uh i think that gonzaga who most people have winning i think they're fantastic offensively i think baylor's just one tier below them offensively uh but they're probably two or three tiers ahead of them defensively so so i love baylor and i'm uh, i'm riding them Pause. Um, yeah. shout, out, shout out to uh, former Florida Gators great Andrew Nemhard, uh, who had a, had a big game in the uh, Sweet 16. He had a shout bad round of 64 and a round, bad round of 32, if it makes you feel any better. So. Hey, Eric, real quick question since we're talking a little hoops. Yeah. Um, what do you think uh, the Lakers beat Brooklyn in four or five games now? Oh, my think? God. <laughs> Ooh, I'll, I'll, I I got to go six. Um, six. I, I like your like confidence, six? though. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, I la- I'm not sure if you saw my Miami Heat got Victor Oladipo. So, championship. talking championship. You no, know, we talking championship basketball, Dan. No, oh, okay. Nope. Yeah, Lake, right, well, Lakers. Yeah. You know, Raptors. You know, we're we're championship championship basketball fans here. Oh, okay, gotcha. You're you're a, a Raptors fan. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, pretty t- typical right. Canadian stuff there. <laughs> great white north stuff i love it dude. um eric dude we appreciate you coming on remind everybody where they can um follow you on the internet and everything else yeah it's efos at seven on twitter um and if you uh, want some more basketball talk the florida basketball hour is a podcast i host so thanks for having me on once again guys i am the uh you know the the the, the red shirt senior of, of of guests on the podcast and i uh, always love coming on so thank you yeah, you've extended your um, your streak for most appearances on our show. So appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, brother. We'll All talk right, to you it, soon. Hold it down, Eric. Hi. Right. All right. Eric Fawcett. Always enjoy having him on. Um, hmm. Florida Gators basketball. No, I have any more takes. What we got next? Not so fantastic. All right, let's uh, give a shout out to our friend Carlton Black uh, from Cardinal Financial. If you are looking for a home loan, a conventional loan, a jumbo loan, construction loan, down payment assistance loans, refinancing in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Virginia, give them a call 404 769 5501. 404 769 5501. Com. Again, carlton.black at cardinalfinancial.com. Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Virginia. Silk, it is everybody's favorite time where we discuss, pardon me, uh, Gator News of the Week. 
So Florida Gators basketball goes 0-3 versus South Carolina. Baseball ranked number five in the country, drop all the way down to number 15 in the country after reading some things. It doesn't even look like the Gators should be ranked that high. Have a lot of things to worry about, some energy concerns, some batting concerns, definitely some pitching concerns. Hopefully they can get it figured out. I think that there are six teams in the SEC in the top 12, so it will not. That's why Nick been ignoring my calls. That's why Nick been ducking me. Oh, yep. okay. And he's trying to find the next punter to hype because his baseball team is uh, struggling. You know, he came on here pumping their tires before the season started. So Big best expectations. Team, yeah. Best team they ever had. Um, he lied? He lied. Came on this show. Came on to your show and lied to you straight in the face. Uh, it's not respectful. We got to get it's him to come all. back on here and yeah. face these, lies, these should lies. We, lies. Should we call him real quick? Yeah, see if he's available. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. Hey, Cam, reach out to Nick. See if he's available. He's got some things to speak on. Trey Mann, we talked a little bit about it heading to the NBA. Anywhere from a top 30, top 30 picks. So shout out to guard Trey Mann uh, in his future NBA career. Colin Castleton, like we talked about, is heading into the NFL draft with no agent. He does have the opportunity to come back after hearing from some teams. Noah Locke, guard and guard Quez Glover both entered the NCAA transfer portal. Like Eric said, there's about 1,200 players in there. So best of luck to the both of them. Let's see. Corey Bender with Rivals.com said that the Gators have reached out to Marshall guard Jared West and Boston College forward C.J. Felder, who we've already talked about. Uh, So you will hear a bunch more names over the next few uh, weeks, and hopefully the Gators are able to uh, secure a few transfers. So – but they have a successful season next year. Florida Gator great gymnast Ann Woods-Smith is going to be inducted to the COSIDA Academic Hall of Fame. Academic All-American Hall of Fame, pardon me, as a part of the 2021 class. She is just Florida's seventh overall selection and the fourth gymnast to join the COSIDA Academic All-America Hall of Fame, which is awesome. Speaking of women's gymnastics, the 2021 Florida Gator women's collegiate gymnastics team had seven players make the women's collegiate gymnastics association all America list. They include Alyssa Bauman, Leah Clapper, Ellie Lazari, Naya Reed, Savannah showing her Megan Skaggs and Trinity Thomas. So shout out to those seven ladies for their all America honors. Florida Gators lacrosse beat Cincinnati to start AAC play. They beat them 19 to five, which is the fewest goals the Gators have allowed in lacrosse since I I believe 2018 is what I read. Shannon Cavanaugh earned her third midfielder of the week honor for the AAC. Kara Trimbetta nabbed her third defender of the week honor. Sarah Resnick was tabbed as freshman of the week for fourth time for the fourth time this season. And Grace House earned a spot on the honor roll for the fourth time this year. Women's soccer beat then unbeaten UNF University of North Florida two to nothing. And then they tied the university of Georgia in double overtime last week. Beta Olson was the sec offensive player of the week for her second double goal match of the spring Gator softballs three and one. They swept LSU who was ranked in the top 15. I think they're ranked number 13. Unfortunately, they did lose their midweek match to UCF, who was ranked number 22. Junior Elizabeth Hightower of the softball team was named SEC Pitcher of the Week. 
Number two, men's tennis beat number 31, Arkansas. Women's tennis beat Ole Miss 4-1 to and Mississippi State 4-1. to The Florida Gators track and field program announced that associate head coach Steve Lemke is going to be stepping down at the end of the season, and he is going to be retiring. Melanie Welty is going to become a new associate head coach for the women's team, and then Nick Peterson is going to step into Steve Lemke's old role for the men's team. And then finally, UF Gators women's volleyball beat Texas A&M in four sets to finish the regular season, 19-3. and three. And that is your Gator News of the Week. Yeah, I appreciate that segment. You really prepare for that, man. It's you know, really I try. Old, it's a work of art, man. You know, I really try. I put my heart and soul into this podcast, you know? I appreciate it. I mean, nobody yeah. else tells you. I got to let you know, man. It's quite the work. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, speaking of putting their heart and soul into something, do you want to tell us about how Greg Brunt puts his heart and soul into selling insurance and uh, financial services? Just elite at what he do, you know? Yep. Right? Just, some guys just, just wake up in the morning and just do things in an elite manner, and Greg's one of those guys. He can insure you. Mm-hmm. The best of the best when it comes to insure, insuring you, man. Visit BruntInsurance.com, the website. Again, it's BruntInsurance.com for all your insurance needs, whether it's life insurance, renter's insurance, home insurance, car insurance, trailer insurance, motorcycle insurance, or any financial needs, my man Greg going to take care of you. Great customer service. Again, bruntinsurance.com. And if you don't have the internet for some weird reason, you just got a call from your, your, your home phone, it's 954-589-2204. Big coverage, big policies. Greg, what it do? I love it. So I don't have a lot to talk about in this part of our show, uh, but I did uh, see on Twitter today uh, from Matt Wyatt, uh, who covers the SEC um, for a radio station, has said that he hears in the next five years there's going to be a new scheduling model and rotation for SEC scheduling. It may involve some reshuffling of divisions, but it's going to create a more frequent rotation among all league schools. So, would you be in favor of reshuffling any of the SEC divisions? Would you trade anybody from our division to the West or West to the East? Uh, I would like from the West. Huh. I, li- I like the way it's set up, to be honest with you. If, okay. I could push any, if I could push somebody, I would probably push Mizzou out because I just that's a game I, I don't want to visit ever, really. I don't want right. to go to their, their stadium, so I push them out. But maybe Auburn. Bring Auburn over on this side. It's a nice yeah. game to visit on a home and away regular basis. Yeah, that was the only thing that I thought is I, I don't think Mizzou fits a lot of the SEC as a whole, but I think that they fit more with that Arkansas variety than they do with the, the Florida-Georgia variety, you know? Uh, so I would happily trade Missouri for Auburn. Um, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, Arkansas and Missouri feels like they just – owe each other a rivalry for some weird reason. It should be like yeah. some weird, yeah. They need to fight over uh we need to find something for them to battle over. A stick year. or something. Yeah, a stick or something. You know, like we battle Georgia every year for a canoe. Right. Or an oar. I'm sorry. So we need to find something that they can battle over. A razorback tusk? A razorback tusk. Yeah, that sounds good. They're trying to think. So Missouri has the Ozarks. And I'm that goes in Arkansas, so we can call it the Battle of the Ozarks. The Battle of the Ozarks. I like that. I like that. Yeah, we can get what's his name that was from Ozark to, you know, 
MC or be a special guest for the first one. Yeah, meth, the meth bowl. The meth bowl. What else? So anything else on your mind before you take us to a uh, manscaped ad read and then we take it home? No, I don't have anything on my mind. I had a great question for you, but I forgot it now at this point. Yeah. Well, you can that. ask me on Friday. I got you. I'll see you. Hey, man, I'm excited about pulling up and hanging out with you, man. I'm coming out there with the wife, you know, Easter weekend. No kids. Should be fun, man. We finally convinced you to come a little bit further uh, into Tampa rather than staying out by the casino. I just had a free uh, day. The casino free stay sound great, but when you guys told me it was like an hour away from everything we were doing, like, I can scrap that shit. I mean, whatever. Be, be, yeah, be good yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I know your wife. I don't know. She doesn't want to sit in the car for an hour, you know? Driving nah, to and fro, nah. you know? <laughs> no, not at all. Y'all actually uh, saved me a good argument, probably. You're welcome. A drinks on you then. Yeah. All right, very good. At, at, at the place, yeah, I got you. At the center. <laughs> at, the, at the center, all the drinks on me, bro. You are you you don't have to pay for anything, then. Well, I appreciate that. I and didn't if buy or anything, so I'm just gonna show up. I'm not gonna have issues, right? I'm oh, no, just you're saying good. no. You're official. You're official. Right. You're a made man. Very good. So take us to a manscaped ad read and let's take it home. I need some fresh clippers. I lost. I got. I got to bring it to you there. I think I left my Manscaped clippers in Chicago, man. The lawnmower three We didn't even talk about your trip to Chicago. Tell everybody how it was. Oh, <laughs> we did, man. I had a major time. I know. Oh, yeah. we didn't talk about it. I had a great time, man. Um, Dan gave me some pointers. It was hard. To, it was hard to get into some of these places, and yeah. it just everything's just not open. Um, right. uh, uh, fairly progressive city, so a lot of their like testing and taking temperatures at doors, numbers. They're real strict on a lot of things in Chicago, so a lot of the tourist attraction w- wasn't open. But beautiful city, man, just amazing. Just driving into it, the, the architecture is is crazy. The boat the boat tour was was just like next level as far as like the stuff you learn, being able to see that city. Um, they talked about each place and the historic significance of it um just a great time man great food the culture what was the weather like were you in decent decent weather Whew. so cold? we got there it said 30 feels like i think it said 30 feels like i think 17 um 50 miles per hour winds right um so i got out of the, when we walked out of the airport like i felt every bit of that 50 miles per hour was like every 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 breeze of it so um, we get in the, in the taxi or the Uber, on um, the guy's like, man, you picked a perfect time to come. The weather's great. I'm like, man, it's crazy cold out here. <laughs> Funny story, we sit in the car like five minutes. <laughs> My son listens to a lot of like rap. He said, man, dad, it's so cold. How do how do Chief Keefe and these guys do drive-bys? <laughs> <laughs> what are you teaching this kid? <laughs> Uh, he's just he's just familiar with hip hop and the Chicago yeah. rap scene, so he just like I was like, you got a great point. It's too it's too cold to shoot people, son. You, you got <laughs> That's a great point. But overall, man, like uh, we went to, we went by Kanye's crib, took some pictures out there. Just did a lot of sightseeing, man. Okay. Um, went by the Bean, um, and, and it's incredibly clean, man. I thought it was gonna be a little New York City vibe. The streets were crazy clean. Downtown. Let me clarify that. 
Yeah, no, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I lived in, in Iowa for a couple of years uh, for my first job out of work. I, I travel a lot, but we spent a, a lot of time in Chicago. Chicago is one of my favorite cities in, in the country. And I think we talked like a little it. bit about that before you went. Uh, and it's, it's too cold for me. Uh, that, that wind whipping around those buildings and everything else, just gonna, it's a little too chilly. Uh, but from everything that you'd want, I mean, it, it's one of the best summer cities and spring cities that you could even imagine, uh, with the water there, they have a beach, they've got a huge pier. There's so much, you know, culture and food and everything. It's a blast of a city. And I, I hope that you get the chance to go back when, when it's a little bit more open. Cause man, there's a lot of stuff that you still need to hit. Yeah, I'm going next year, April. Like me and the wife talked about it. We want to go back, no kids, and we want when it's a little bit warmer. So uh her birthday's April. So we're looking like spring next year. I'm going back, man. I gotta catch stuff, some some more things open, some restaurants and museums that we want to hit that we didn't we didn't get to check out. So definitely going back, but great first visit, man. Enjoyed it. That's awesome, dude. Well, I'm I'm happy for you and I uh, hope you get the chance to go back. So we'll order you some new uh, Manscaped clippers. How about that? I'll reach out to our guy. Let's see what he. Oh, shout out to Manscaped.com. We didn't finish the read. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Manscaped.com, the best of the best when it comes to man's grooming needs. Lawnmower 3.0 is uh, snag proof. You're not gonna cut the ma- the family jewels. Uh, you can run it in the shower. Uh, you're not gonna break it. You're not gonna electrocute yourself or anything crazy. And also, they got the weed whacker. Uh, if you have any nostril hair problems, earlobe problems. They got everything you need to get hair off of your body at manscaped.com. And also got some ball deodorant. It's about to warm back up. Then I went outside. We're talking about when it, when it go outside, it says like 80. It said 82 feel like 91 the other day in South Florida. That's a, big, that's a big difference. Thank God I didn't leave my ball deodorant in Chicago. Woo. Right? I'm just looking at what the weather's going to be for Friday. Mm, it's going to be nice. And that ball deodorant on deck, baby. It's been the seventies. Might be a little cool, but we'll be all right. Got to keep them fresh. That's right. Let's see. So Manscaped, I was just looking at their website. So not only do they have all of that, they have the Plow 2.0, which is a single blade face razor. They've got foot deodorant now. They've got a cologne now. They've got ball wipes. They've got obviously the ball wipes. Tell me more. Tell me more about ball wipes. Tell me more. Yes, sir. It's called the crop crop mop. It's crop ball mop. button body wet. Yo, that's a that's a great name. <laughs> Yo, um, give me that crop mop. Easy, easy. Uh, <laughs> ball nah, that's what they call butt it. and body wet wipes. So they're like dude wipes, but better because they're from Manscaped and they sponsor this podcast. Yeah, Manscaped is ran by a bunch of childish men. I can tell. Hey, as long as their checks still cash. I'm with it, man. Shout out to Manscaped. Cool company. I want to get with. We need to hit up dude wipes, man. We did. We're still waiting on a response. I'm oh. sure it's coming any minute. Hey, dude wipes. If y'all listening, man, I need some dude wipes. But they also have soap. They've got body wash. They got all sorts of stuff. You can get put on a, a little subscription model where they send you the same stuff every uh, month or couple months. VIP pricing. All sorts of stuff. So Manscaped.com. Best of the best all your men's grooming needs. Use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Again, coupon code SG. I yeah, almost you, forgot the coupon code. We yeah, know. and that's that's how they know that we're we're doing this. Uh, just can't be doing this for free. Keep buying, keep buying yourself. It's almost Christmas time again. So all right. Well, hey Silk, who's your favorite Chicago rapper of all time? My favorite Chicago? Come on. 
It's Kanye. Favorite Chicago rapper? Who's your second favorite? Who's your favorite? Go ahead. I was going to go with, with Twista. He's probably uh, I probably got Common at two. Yeah, Common solid. Um, I didn't know Lupe Fiasco was from Chicago. Yeah, from Chicago. yeah. Yeah, Common's good, man. You, you've got to be smart to listen to Common. So you and I are are. There. But then my third, my third that silk, I got that ratchet. announcement that I sent you on text message. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. My there's third somebody named, ratchet, probably Chief Keith or something. There's some female rapper named Katie Got Bands. Never heard of her. She looks mm. Katie Got What's out there? It's her name. <laughs> what's up, man? Bands with a Z. Shout and then Katie. there's another one named Sasha Gohard. What's with them describing what they're doing? Anyway, we'll that's talk what about you, you got to let them know how you're giving it up in the rap name so they know if they want to listen to your music. Yeah. If it's just, if it's just Tasha and, and you don't say to go hard, like, I don't really want to listen to her music. Like, what, what does Tasha do? Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about it that way. Like, Silk the Shocker, you like, he might shock me. So I'm immediately see what he says. Yeah, right. Um, uh, Silk, uh, I think we need to end. Um, great show. Looking forward to seeing you on Friday. Hey, what man, kind of music do you want to play? Right, whatever you want to play, man. I'm do you want to play rap to music or do you want to play the new Bruno Mars Leave the Door Open? You have a genre, man. I think you need to hit your your uh, your demographic of, of you That's know what I'm right. saying? Like, I, like, I like your choice of music sometimes too. It mixes it up. You know, we need a little bit of everything, some flavor. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. Um, Let's do this. Let's shout out. Hmm. How about my friends, the Steel Woods? Let's do the Steel Woods. And they have a new song called Run On Ahead that just came out a couple days ago. So let's do that, Cam. Run On Ahead by the Steel Woods. Hey, man. Same corner, same time. Let's ride. See you Friday. See you on the water. Hey, if Let's you've got a go. Place, the water on Friday. Hey, we'll bring my, I'm bringing a selfie stick out of retirement. No, oh, I can't wait. Let's go. All right. Deuces. Behind you
made coffee in your favorite cup Then I washed all of your snap shirts and your jeans It's funny I can feel your love so strong From out there on the road And you can feel mine while you're running down your dream Run on Run on ahead, run on ahead. 